0: welcome to the teaching ministry of bay ridge christian church this teaching is from the series poems prayers and promises a look at a variety of psalms the psalms are the prayers of god's people encouraging and teaching us how to pray in our day we hope this helps you understand and apply god's word in your life today So what we are trying to do this morning is we're trying to shine the light on fear. So we're trying to shine Jesus on fear because he is our light and he is our guidance. And everything that was said this morning, just like David said last week, amen. You guys are on it. You are operating in the spirit, Greg. (laughs) Um, So, you know, we as a people, we have to shine his light on our, our paths, exposing our fears, so that we may dwell more richly with the king. So we need to live in Christ. We need to push to be with Christ. We need to push to be in his house so that we can live a rich, blessed life without being afraid, without being scared. And unfortunately, I mean, I guess I could just say this. If anybody in this room has never feared about anything in their lives, you stand up and leave now. Go ahead. You guys are free to go. (laughs) Other than that, the rest of us, me especially, Need to hear this. I needed to hear this. This, you know, anytime that anybody gets up here and, and preaches something, they've received a ton from the Lord to get here. I mean, it's, it's like God's talking to you about you, and now you're going to share that back to the people. All right, so let's read the word of the Lord. Uh, hopefully, you have a Bible. If not, the pamphlet. If not, the words are on the screen. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me, or assault me, to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who will stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, I will be confident. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty and to acquire Inquire in his temple. For he shall hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon the rock. And now my head shall be lifted above all my enemies who are all around me. I will offer in his tent sacrifices of joy. I will sing and make a melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, Seek my face. My heart says to you, Lord, your face I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not from your servant in anger. O oh, you have been my help. Cast me not off. Forsake me not, O oh God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O oh Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up Reading through this and and studying this psalm, um, there was a story that came out to me about a Jewish man, and you guys have probably heard of him, I had not. Uh, His name is Natan Sharansky. Uh, He was put in prison in 1977 in Russia, in a gulag. Uh, It was believed that he was a spy, it was a false accusation by the KGB. Uh, before he was put in prison, days before he was put in prison, I guess I should back up, him and his wife got married in 1973, I believe it was. As soon as they got married, his wife went back to Israel. She got a visa, got out, got out of Dodge. They would not allow him out of the country. He applied and applied and applied and applied. They would not let him out of the country. Uh, So in 77, he got arrested. His wife had gotten a copy of the Book of Psalms to him through a tourist that he was able to take into prison with him. The only reason that he was allowed to take this book into prison is because he was able to convince the KGB that it was a book of folk tales. It was a book of Jewish folk tales. And it was written in Hebrew. So they couldn't understand what was written on those pages. Uh, Sharansky himself, he went to Jewish schools as a child, so he knew Hebrew very little. He, he, He was able to decipher some words, and some different things. But he had that book for nine years. Throughout his whole sentence. He, was, he, would, he would lose it. He would starve himself. He would beat himself. He would do all these different things until he got his book back. So he, he, was, he was dedicated. He actually, at one point in his life, said that that book was a narrative for my life. That book was a narrative for my life. So when he finally gets out of prison... Uh, They they traded him for some other non-important spy, low-level criminals, um, some with the United States and some with some other countries, but they traded him out. So he was able to get out of prison in 1986, I believe it was. When he finally got out of prison, they're driving him to the airport. They're they're driving him to the airport, and (coughs) he gets to wherever he's gonna go, and he says, now I need my book of Psalms, because they had taken it from him again. And the driver of the car, very arrogantly said, you have everything that is permitted you. He asked again. You have everything that you're going to get. You're not getting your book back. It's not happening. So he laid down in the snow, said he would not leave until he got his book of Psalms. Talk about facing fear, right? He laid down and said, no, I'm not going to leave. I'll be a prisoner again. Give me my book. Guy goes and talks to somebody higher up, comes back, hands him his book. So, Talk about walking with Jesus, all right? And he wasn't a religious man, okay? But he had this book of Psalms, and it gave him hope in a horrible, horrible situation. And he promised God something when he was released. He promised God that he would read Psalm 30, verses 1 through 3. And that reads, I will extol you, O Lord. You have drawn me up, and you have not let my foes rejoice over me. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried for your help, and you have healed me. Oh, Lord, you have brought me, sorry, you have brought up my soul from Sheol and restored to me life from among those who go down into the pit. What a story. What a story. What what faith, Um, especially going into it, if you think about it, didn't understand what he was reading, didn't understand who God was, didn't have anybody to really bounce things off of, maybe a prisoner or two here or there, but to come out and to have that confidence, to have that faith, to have that security in the word of God. He said it was a narrative for his life. I, thought, I just thought that was an awesome story I wanted to share it with you guys. So we're gonna go kind of verse by verse at this point. Um, a Couple verses at a time, one verse here, you know, and so forth and so on. So our confidence comes from the Lord. That's where it comes from. That's where our strength comes from. Verses 1 and 2. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Okay? Through this, David's life, through this psalm, David faces foes, faces enemies, faces fears. Um, And we need to do the same thing. We need to, you know, I hate to say it, but most of us in this room are probably a flight risk fear comes (laughs) we're gone we're out of here we're gonna leave fight or flight right and unfortunately you know when we have to face certain situations we have to face that situation we can't turn around and and go the other way so who is the light who is the light in the sentence we already said it the light's jesus jesus is the light jesus is the light of our lives if we're in a dark room there's, especially when you're younger possibly, I and mean, even when you're older maybe maybe there's plenty of things to be worried about or scared about you, you, have, you have the smallest flashlight, the smallest candle and all of a sudden things are a little better Jesus is the light I mean like the light illuminating, like there's no corner you can't see, there's no spot that you don't know about, if you're walking with Christ, in Christ, in community with you can see it all, you can see it all. It's, it's plain as day. So one of the things that we need to do is practice. We need to walk the walk. We need to go out and we need to face the situations. Um, if you have a victory over something, it, you're more apt to continue the walk and have that next victory and then walk again and have that next victory and to continue to move forward. Uh, it's not always easy said. Like I said, we're generally a flight risk. We generally want to go the wrong direction. Uh, we generally want to seek our own counsel or, or you know, the counsel of some other human that's just as fallen fall and failed as you are. Um, but we need, to, we need to practice. We need to practice. We can't just say these words or think these things and think everything is going to be fine because Jesus wants you to walk with him. You need to walk with him, not stand with him, not stop, not let him go in front of you. Walk with him, be with him. So confidence is learned, right? Confidence is a learned experience. Like when we were, when we were all younger, um, most of us probably learned how to ride a bicycle. Some, some of us may not have. Um, but when you're a little kid, you know, falling and skinning your knee, that's, a, that's kind of a scary thing. Like you don't, wanna, you, know, you don't want that to happen. I would say most of them in this room, I'm going to pick on Bobby, can still ride a bike. And we know he's 63 because he shared that up here a couple weeks ago. <laughs> but I believe that even though he learned to ride a bike as a kid, which I am assuming, I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong, forgive me, I believe he still can do that because it's something that he practiced. And he's confident that he can do it now, as, as confident as he did it when he was 10 or 12 or, you know, whenever he was younger. It's, it's the, it's, I've done this before. I know how to do this. This is not difficult. And that's where we need to be in our walk. We need to be there in our walk where I've done this before. This is, this is something that's been done over and over and over again. I've seen Jesus get me through this situation, that situation, this situation, and all the different things that happen in all of our lives. And we all have one heck of a story. If you sat down with anybody and they told you their story, you'd probably walk away going, wow. You know, and everybody has one. All right? And we all just need to continue, as we, as we have in the past, going with Jesus. Sorry, I lost my spot, guys. So you think about David, um, he's in that same situation, okay? David had been through a lot to this point where he wrote this song. He had been through Goliath, which I imagine was probably a fearful situation. I mean, here he is, 12 years old, I think they estimate, 13 years old, you got a guy that's nine foot tall whose spear's head is 15 pounds, who has like 40 pounds of armor on his body. Like most of us couldn't, you know, put 40 pounds of armor, we're going to be, you know. And here he comes out, you know, in his shepherd's gear, picks up some stones, and tells him, you're going to fall today, and I'm going to cut your head off. That's that's facing some fears. I mean, that's facing some major fears. I mean, we know David messed up. And we've messed up. We've all been there. We've all done that. You know, and, and so he had that direct fear that he faced with Goliath. and then, And then you also have other kind of fears you face that you still have to be confident over. So, you know, you take you take the time when Saul said, hey, why don't you come live with me? You did such a great job. This might have been, might have been what he said, but he said, you will come live with me because Saul, his thousands, David, his ten thousands is what Saul heard. And Saul's like, I'm going to keep my enemy close. I'm going to keep my enemy close. So David had to live in fear there. It's a different kind of fear. It wasn't this direct fear. It was fear that you know, I got this guy who's just like watching and waiting, waiting to pounce, waiting for something to happen. So that's like a fear of everyday life. That was, you know, the one fear was direct, boom, done, got it out of my way, thank God. This fear is, is living in my house, or I'm living in his house. And that's not a good place to be because that doesn't go away so quickly. That, that festers and holds on and, and continues just to try to twist your heart. So my, my hope is that, you know, we don't allow fear to set up that camp in our hearts. You know, and we need to be d- diligent, vigilant, don't know what the right word is, to continue to shine that light on fear, to continue to evaluate, to con- continue to say, you know, what am I scared of right now? What is going on in my heart right now? Because once you let it set up that camp, you know, it wants to move you in the wrong direction. It wants to put you in the flight risk section. It wants you, you know, it wants to put you going this way, away from God not towards god It wants to set out the camp in your heart all right so next next point we're going to go to verse four um so our single goal through this walk through our lives and, and and this is something that you know i can honestly say that i'm not good at is to seek after his presence that's that's the whole point we're here the whole point we're here you know sometimes we get you know mixed up in the minutia of life where you know, we've got all these responsibilities and all these different things to do, but really, we have one command, one thing, seek me, seek me. If you can get this part right and nothing else, you really wouldn't have much to be scared of, because you're, you're walking and running with Jesus all the time. So it's, it's really hard to be scared when you have the all-powerful of the universe right there next to you. It, it makes it very difficult to be, to be fearful and to be scared. So verse 4 says, one thing I have asked the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the world and the Lord, sorry, and to inquire in his temple. So that's that's very interesting because that's what, that's what David wants. David wants to dwell in the house of the Lord. He wants to walk with Jesus. He wants to also, which, which I found was very interesting if you if you read that. He wants to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. He wants to inquire in his temple. So he doesn't want to just see Jesus. He wants to know Jesus. And there's two different things. Okay, He wants to know who Jesus is. He wants to inquire. He wants to say, God, I worship you. You're so beautiful. And also, you know, hey, God, what, what do you mean by? He wants to inquire. He wants to be taught. He wants to learn. What does fear tell you to do? What what does fear tell you to do? It, It doesn't tell you to press in. Generally, when things come up against us, we generally don't, well, I generally, maybe you guys are better at this, like I said, you generally don't want to press in. You generally, you kind of get scatterbrained. You get scared. The fear's there. You get worried. You start doing things that you probably normally wouldn't do just because you've allowed that fear to begin in your heart. So instead of pressing into God, you tend to tend to, to, to jump back. Um, excuse me. But David with sheer fear, sheer sheer fear, with fear shouting at him from all sides, he had he had enemies and adversaries trying to get him, chasing him down, wanting him dead. So fear is is there. It's there it's loud it's it's life or death what does he do he says no i'm going to shine a light i'm going to say god is light god is salvation god is my rock i am going to stand in that i am going to live in his temple i am going to worship him and i am going to press through this through that so when we have fears in our lives that's what we have to do. We have to go back to the last step where we were. We had some confidence. We, where we, you know, we learned to ride that bike and we learned some different things. Um, and we need to. We need to remember those things. Those things need to come back up because you know, Satan wants you to forget all that stuff. Satan want to forget. He wants to forget the day you were saved. He, he wants you to forget the times you had with the Holy Spirit. He wants you to forget the times of prayer you've had. He wants you to forget, you know, the things you've been able to impart in your children, and your children have gone on to to do these things. He wants. He wants you to forget all that. He, he wants you to live in your mind, at this moment, and shut you down. So if we can shine that light, fear loses its grip. There, there is no grip. Fear, does, fear will have no grip, no grip at all if you can shine that light on it. But if you, if, you don't, if you don't allow yourself to do that, if you don't pray and say, Jesus, now I need you, it's, it's, it's a very good chance that you're going to go the wrong direction. All right, so verse five and six. For I will hide, excuse me, for he will hide me in a shelter on the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock and now my head shall be lifted above all my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy and I will sing and make a melody to the Lord. Take shelter in the Lord, guys. Take shelter in the Lord. Uh, and I'll ask you guys a question that you don't, I don't want you to answer out loud, but when things happen now, what do you take shelter in? Do you, do, you, do you run to God? Do you take shelter in God? Or do you run to, you know, oh, man, this happened, and I'm in, I'm in really bad spirits, so I'm just going to keep myself super busy, because we Americans love to be busy. I'm just going to keep myself so busy I don't have to think about it. I'm going to run. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do all these different things. You know, be still and know that I'm God. No, I'm going to run. I'm going to do stuff. Um, do we Do we have a particular hobby that, you know, we jump into, like, 110 percent. So we don't have to deal with whatever these other things are. Um, Is it food? Is it drink? You know, is there is there something you know? Do you kind of run to these different things to to support yourself? Is it is it shopping? Um, Is it just you surround yourself with friends and family and you know? And none of these things, none of themselves are bad. But you just need to understand that don't use that as a supplement or use that as a replacement for. Sitting down and being still and knowing that he is God. And God wants that. That's what God wants. God wants to be your shelter. God wants to be with you. God wants to walk with you. That's, that's, that's his heart. His heart is that we have a heart towards God. David was a man after God's heart. He wants us to have a heart that chases after him. So if we go up to... Uh, the scripture where he said, the same verse we're on. Um, he lifted me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up. Okay, so he puts you high upon a rock. So I guess compare like where the guys up in the audio are compared to where you guys are. They can see everything that's going on. They know, they're, they're lifted high. But if they look down, they don't see anything. They're, you know, you don't see anything like this, right? You're, you're looking down into your own Self. Your own your, yourself. You're looking at yourself. you are looking at oh, well, this is my situation. <laughs> Look up. You see everything. He puts you in a high spot. He's putting you on high. Run to him. He'll put you high. He'll put you way above your fears. And then he's going to say, "There's your fear." Actually, more like the table. There's your fear. There's where I'm taking it. He 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 wants you to see well beyond that fear. And, and that table is really small. It's that table. You know, there's nothing to it. I can push that table. It's on wheels. I can just roll it out of the way. I get through that table, no problem, right? And that's the way a lot of our fears are. But we make those fears really big because we get down. Sorry, camera guys. We get down here like this. Now that table got big, okay? Because now now the table's much bigger because I'm making it big, all right? It's not big. It's a small table on wheels. I mean, Robin pushed it over here, for goodness sake. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Yes, it is. It's it's, it's large in that tape. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Tommy. I meant the physical table. (laughs) You got me. Now that we have a right posture, now that we're standing correctly, we're standing on the rock. We're standing correctly. We're looking up. Okay. Now we're ready to praise. You look at the verse. It says, "I will offer." In his tent, sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. We're ready to praise him because we're we're standing on his rock. We're looking out past all this stuff that doesn't matter, okay? And we're ready to praise God. We're ready to worship God. We're ready to say, thank you, Father God. I know you are my rock. I know you are my light. I know you are my salvation. I know that there is nothing in this world that really matters. There's nothing that's really in the way. We make things in the way, like we talked about before, but it's really not there. Now, you know, he may not do things in your time, so don't think if all of a sudden you think this way, everything's going to be great, because that's not true. There's times when we have to walk with the Lord, not just get there. you have got to get through it. Verse 7. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. I'm going to back up. This is where it kind of changes. The first six verses... David's like, God is mighty, God is strong, God is awesome, God is my light, God is my salvation, like, he's like, he's flexing, he's flexing, he's like, you know, this is it, this is it, I got no worries, and then he gets to verse 7, and it's like, well, oh, what happened? You know, and this is where they think it may have been, the Psalms may have been put together. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Okay, so don't believe it when fear tells you that God doesn't hear you. Because we have all have those times when, you know, I want to pray and do this and do that, and I don't feel like God's answering me. Of course, we don't really necessarily give him time to answer all the time. Sometimes we're just like, you know, hey, I got 10 things to pray about. All right, done. See you later, Lord. And that's, that's on us. Okay, be, be still and know that I am God. I keep going back to that. You, you, need to, you need to not just give them your laundry list. You need to wait and listen. Okay? You need to wait and listen. So he said, God, David knows. David was speaking with God. He knew. He said, What did he say, guys? Seek my face. Okay? And what did David say? My heart says, Your face, Lord, do I seek. Okay, so God heard him. Even though he's going kind of more of a lament through these next couple, God heard him, and he knows that God heard him. He knows that God is there. So once again, to be confident, going back to the earlier point, we need to recognize when our prayers are answered. We need to rejoice when our prayers are answered. We need to tell somebody. You know, whether you get up here and tell everybody, or you just get to one person and tell somebody. You know, hey, I was really really down, and I was really praying about this. And God answered my prayer. And that's important because that gives you the confidence that you need to continue, okay? You need to have that confidence to keep moving forward. And if you're not physically proclaiming the things that God does for you, it's really easy to forget. And that brings to the third point I kind of talked to earlier already a little bit, but take time to listen. Take time to listen pray, share your needs with God, share your victories with God, okay, and then take time to listen for what God might have to say to you, because if you don't do that, you're missing, if you don't listen, you're missing, all right, verse 9, and this is when he gets a little bit fearful because he thinks that even though he just said that I know you heard me, God, he turns around and says, hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. Oh, you have been my help. Cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God, of my salvation. For my mother and father have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. You can see there that he's kind of turning like, uh, God, don't hide from me. Where are you? Where are you, Lord? Where are you? I'm, I'm scared I'm missing you. Where are you at? And if you, think, if you think about David's story, what did, what did he see happen to Saul? He saw Saul, who was raised, rose up as a king, by God, cut off. He saw him cut off. And he was cut off because Saul turned from God. Okay? David saying, don't hide from me. Don't turn, don't turn me away in anger. You have always been my help. Don't cast me off. Okay? He's, he's, he's talking himself, I think, into pressing into God. And he knew that if he sought after God, God's going to take him in. He knew that if I, if I continue to run after God, God is going to take me into a time of trouble. I know that there's going to be times when friends and family can't help you out of a situation. There's going to be times when you feel forso- forsaken. I don't know what the right word is. Um, but, <laughs> thank you. Um, By friends and family. You you know, you're not sure. You're not sure where you sit with this person or that person, or this is wrong or that's wrong, or you feel like they did this against you and all this kind of stuff. God's never going to be against you. Okay? You chase after God, he's never going to be like, hey, I'm done with you. It's not going to happen. All right, verse 11. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Verse 12. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. Teach me your way, O Lord. How often do we pray that? How often do we want that? Probably not too often, right? I mean, that's kind of like saying, hey God, show me what I'm doing wrong. (laughs) You know, and he's the light, so he can shine that light. He can be like, oh man, are you sure? Are you you really wanna know? I'm gonna get a candle out, because you don't want all this light. (laughs) you know but but i mean have a teachable heart be ready to be taught no matter where you are in this walk i guarantee you you don't know that much lead me on a level path because of my enemies all right pray pray for god to guide your steps when you have those times of fear and anxiety different things going on we tend to make stupid decisions we tend to say oh what am i going to do this i don't know what i'm going to do you know and then and then you and then you you know you go the wrong direction you end up you end up taking that path that's probably way worse for you than if you'd have spent a little bit of time in prayer, spent a little bit of time seeking God. And God might have said, that path right there is the one you need to take. And you might say, that path right there is the worst path I've ever seen. That path has more rocks, more hills, sticker bushes, forest, you know, an ocean in between one side of the other, whatever it is. And he's like, no, that's the way you're going. You're going to go that way. You're not going to like it. But that's okay, because I'm going to go with you. I'm going to take you through that path. You can take the easy path. You know that's the one back here that takes you away from God, and you think it's an easy path, but it ends up being actually way worse than the path He wants you on. Okay, so, but we see things from the flesh, and we see the difficulty, and we tend to want to take the easy way out. You know, I mean, they got the you know you got the easy button that you get from Office Depot or Staples or whatever that place is. You know, that's, we all want the easy button, right? Let's go. That's not always what God wants. God's not always going to say, well. Just just go this direction. It's the easy way out. So I thought verse 12, the first four words of that was amazing. Give me not up. Give me not up. You know what? Everybody with a voice. Give me not up. Pray that. Pray that. Pray that. Give me not up, O oh God. Pray that. Give me not. Don't give up on me. Give me not up to my enemies. Please, pray that. It's powerful praying Psalms. And as we've read through Psalms, as we started the summer of Psalms, you know, you start praying some of these Psalms, it's pretty wild. David, a man after God's own heart that we said, still has doubt still has that fear in his head. Still has that thing saying, give me not up. Give me not up. I'm worried that I am not going to be able to walk with you. I am worried that you are going to cut me off. Give me not up, Lord. Last part of that verse, they breathe out violence. There's going to be people in your life that are going to slander you. There's people in your life that are going to say things that aren't true about you. There's people that are just going to just have ill will towards you for whatever reason. Maybe because you're a Christian and they don't agree with that. Maybe because you parked in their parking spot. Who knows? But but they're going to have ill will towards you. There's going to be people that say things against you. Okay? Let it roll off. Walk with Jesus. Don't, don't start a social media war because they said something to you. Don't, don't have to counterpost every post. You know, honestly, the best thing for you to do is probably say, God bless you, brother, and just end it. You know what I mean? You just, just got to let it go. You just you just can't allow that to twist your life. Because you know, if if and I'll use Greg, if Greg's coming at me saying things that he probably shouldn't say, not that Greg would ever do this, uh, <laughs> um, but 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 that can make my perspective change entirely on what I'm doing. I, if I allow him to speak into my life, allow him to add that level of Fear, or insecurity, or whatever it is, then I can, then I begin to operate backwards again. So you, you got when people slander you, when people breathe out violence upon you, when people, you know, are saying lies about you, let it roll off. You can't let the fear of other people's actions, other people's voices, um, any of that stuff. You can't let that. You can't let that control who you are. I mean, there's a ton of toxic people in the world, and you just let them be, let them be toxic and all, all in their own corner. And that's, that brings back that same point, you know, of what we talked about earlier with David. You know, he lived with that toxic person. David lived with Saul, and Saul was toxic. Okay, he, he had to go every day. And some of us go to jobs right now. You may, you may have to, for the, anybody who goes into an office anymore, which is probably nobody here, right? But anybody who actually has to go to work, there may be that person there that is just that person, you know. You just need to pray about it, and and continue to go with God, you know. Because there's people there's people out there that are just <laughs> hard to deal with. <laughs> so that's the old adage, you know. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. And a lot of people, you know, they try to they try to pull you in because you're their enemy. All right. So last couple of verses kind of changes the tone again. He kind of he kind of turns right back around and says. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. What an awesome thing to say. He went He went from high up on the mountaintop to, God, are you really here? To, I believe I shall look upon the goodness of God now, today. Not today later, not when I die, not worried about future events, not worried about am I going to make it to heaven? I'm going to see it today. I'm going to see it now. I'm going to see how awesome you are today. I'm seeking after you. I am pushing towards who you are daily, and I am going to see your goodness in my life and in the lives around me today. That's an awesome thing to say. That's an awesome place to want to be and to believe that you're going to be there you know i believe i believe that's another great thing to pray i believe second part of that is be strong let your heart take courage okay wait for the lord be strong let your heart take courage wait for the lord okay so that's that second part we we're talking about before when you pray okay you need to pray but then you need to wait you need to be strong You need to let him strengthen your heart and you need to wait. Okay, He's going to speak to you. He's got something for you. You've got to wait for the Lord. Okay, Wait for the Lord. David believed that he's going to see the goodness in the land of living. And then he says, and I'm going to wait for it. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to strengthen my heart and I'll continue to wait. I'll wait for as long as it takes. But I am am following you and I'm going to wait. That leads us to pretty small section of Applying the Word. It looks like Renee's right, we will be done early. She told me last week that I'm always the shortest one. (laughs) All right, so Applying the Word, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? What things in your life that make you draw back uh, anxiety, anxiousness, some kind of isms, you know. There's millions of, of actual things that people have. Um, are the things that you used to do that you don't do now because you're scared of X, Y, Z? Um, are there things that you've always wanted to do that you never do because you're scared of whatever it might be? Um, what keeps you up at night? What are those things that you know you're, you, you're worried about? Because that's that's really saying I'm scared. You know, I'm concerned, you're scared. Okay, we, we like to use different words. We don't like to say we're afraid, because that's really, it's kind of weak, right? I mean, I'm really concerned about, okay? I'm really scared of, okay? We, we use different, you know, adjectives to describe it. We don't use fear, we don't use afraid, we don't use scared. But we are. So, so what are those things that you're concerned about? And remember, remember what we just talked about, give me not up. Give me not up. David said, give me not up. He was scared. Give me not up. Don't give up. All right. Next question is, do you understand that seeking to be in community with Jesus is the way to overcome fear? Do you do you get that? From what we talked about, does that make sense? Does it, does it make sense that, you know, if I run to God, and Tony opened with my whole sermon this morning, his yoke <laughs> is light. He's, 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 gonna, he's gonna put it on him. He's gonna take it. He's gonna run with it. You just, gotta, you just gotta seek after him. You just gotta chase, just chase Jesus. That's all you gotta do. It's easier said than done, but that's all you gotta do. When we faithfully seek him and try to be like him, fear has no light. Fear has, fear has no space. There's no space for fear. There's, there's nowhere. There's light's, you're walking next to the brightest light that you'll ever see in the universe. Okay? And I don't know if like, anybody out here campers like, like Any of you guys like to go camping? Girls like to go camping, do that kind of thing? Uh, you probably think flashlights are cool. I don't know. I, I, you know, I always thought like, flashlights in the darkest spot, like you get those 1,000-lumen like, lights or 10,000-lumen lights, and you can pinpoint them and shine a little spot. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Why wouldn't you want to, just because I like that, why wouldn't you want to be, or like uh, Marty, you know, he loves stars. So we'll talk about light. Why wouldn't you want to be with the brightest light in the universe? All right, and this is, this is interesting, Greg, because this I added this morning. Think of it this way. Think of it this way. We are all invited to a table. Maybe that size, maybe bigger. There's four chairs. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that chair for you. Why don't you want to go sit at that seat? Why do we why do we withdraw from that? Why do we not seek after like if you said that, if you said that literally, that Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and there's a seat for Greg, I think Greg would probably run up here and sit in that seat. Okay? But in our but in our lives, we tend not to really do that. We have that opportunity every day. Every day. You have the opportunity to go sit. With a triune God. Every day. But we don't do it. Or we won't do it. Or we'll sit there, like we already said. All right, God, I need these three things. Get to it. (laughs) And then we take off. Sit with God. Sit with him. Seek to dwell in his house. Seek to be with him. Chase him. Chase him. He's not going to run. That's the best part about it. It's not like me chasing Bobby. He's probably faster than me, even though he's 63. (laughs) I got bad feet. All right? He'll probably outrun me. So I don't want to have to chase Bobby and embarrass myself. But I'd really hate to have to chase after the Lord in that manner. He's not going to run. He's not not running away from you. It's not that kind of chase. It's not like NASCAR chase. It's not that kind of chase. So, and, and the interesting part about David, David wanted to sit in that seat. And he wanted to do that to do what? To praise God, to worship God, and to be taught. By God. Okay, to be to, and to be taught. Uh, Charlene's a teacher. To be taught, generally means correction, right? And we don't want correction. I mean, most of us don't. Most of us don't want to say, "Oh, yeah, I'm, I want to be taught, Lord." Don't don't shine a light on my life, please. Right? We don't really want to, We don't really want that. We say we want it, but when it comes down to it, that's a scary, scary, scary place. Last question, and this is going to be very short what is the one thing what is the one fear that only God can help you with what is the one thing in your life, what is the one fear that you know for a fact that only God can help you with this thing alright and that's a tough one that's a tough soul searching quest for you okay, think about it this week think about it today, what is that thing, What, what has got me Scared? What has got me afraid? What has got me concerned? Okay, what is that thing? What is it? You know, and and then take Jesus with you to it. And that basically concludes Psalm 27. So I'm going to come down to the table so we can do communion. I am going to do communion a little bit different. Um, What I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. A psalm now. Pray for the bread and juice now. And then we'll take it together at the end, and then we'll go ahead and have a benediction. So if you want to go ahead and start to get your communion packets ready now, um, that will be good. Alright, let's pray. This is Psalms one eighteen, six through six, one through four. Sure, excuse me. Psalm 118, 6 through 14. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. Is it better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust humans? It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust princes. All the nations surround me But in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They surround me on every side. But in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They swarm around me like bees. But they were consumed as quickly as burning thorn. In the name of the Lord, I cut them down. I was pushed back and about to fall. But the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Father God, you are our defense. You are our strength. And as we remember to take you with us, there's nothing to be afraid of in this life. You are our rock and salvation. We We will always look to you for strength and deliverance. We will take this bread and juice remembering and acknowledging that without your sacrifice, for our sins, we are not able to come into your presence. We fully understand that it is by your grace, not by any of our own, not by any of our own works, that we can enter into the kingdom. Amen. Now, I will preface, uh, you do not need to be a member of Bay Ridge Christian Church to take communion. You do need to be a member of God's family. You do need to believe in Christ died and resurrected to take communion. If, if you don't believe that or are not sure about that, I would ask you to let the cup pass uh, and then come talk to me or one of the elders or somebody at the end of the service. It'd be the most important conversation you ever have. For what I received from the Lord, I also passed to you. On the night he was betrayed, he took a loaf of bread, and when he blessed it, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You may go ahead and take the bread. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, and after blessing it, he said, this is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. For the forgiveness of your sins, drink from this, all of you, in remembrance of me. You may drink the cup. Thank you, Lord, for being our light in this dark world. Thank you for keeping our feet planted on the rock, which is Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for holding our heads up and showing us which path to take, what we need to see, what the end goals are, Father. And thank you for inviting us to this table to be in community with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. you guys would stand with me, we're actually going to read 13 and 14 for our benediction. So that was good timing, Charlene. <laughs> I believe that you shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Amen. Amen. Go bless someone. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Bay Ridge Christian Church. For more teachings and resources please visit www.brcc.church